I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I don't like blood and guts But I love them when they're lengthily discussed Cause nothing's more relaxing Than the cries of death and love So spend a ten The curse of Chucky. <laughs> the curse of Chucky. <laughs> I don't want to bury the lead, but is the curse of Chucky cursing this did not be a great movie? How do you feel? I don't want to. <laughs> well, I thought, what does curse mean? Uh, I mean, this this uh, begs a question that I wanted mm-hmm. begged. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, is the curse of Chucky the curse of being Chucky or the curse of having Chucky around to deal with Chucky. Yeah. I think it's probably the latter, but I like the idea. And also at the very end, near the end of the movie, Chucky says some dirty thing to the little girl, like go fuck off. or something like that. She goes, uh, Chucky, I told you stop cursing. Uh, I was like, so maybe that the curse of Chucky Chucky is just the F word. The one. Yeah. His wow. foul mouth. This, but yes, where do you land on the... Uh, let's not bury any uh, Well, dolls. I think that was, I made it clear where I land on this, this movie. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you. We can, we can give a, a one-sentence thought, do our business, and then get deep into it. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. So I did not like this movie. <gasps> and, and that's in relative terms for a Chucky film. They're all pretty fun in a certain sense. But Yeah, but I think if um, you were building a computer, you built a computer that fed information about how Matt felt about the first mm-hmm. five Chucky movies. Mm-hmm. Um the machine would, it would spit out, you're not going to like Curse of Chucky. Yeah. Because I think, same, I'm here too. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, just a lot of the stuff I loved about the first five wasn't there. Yes. And I missed it. A little, uh, some bright colors. Yeah. Some, um, just a little bit of fun. Gaggery. Yeah. I missed fun Chuck. Um, I was thinking a lot. Now, now, I, I, I think I probably like this 
more than you. I, I, I mean, you can quantify these things, right? How somebody emotionally feels. About I can a only piece tell you that art. this is my least favorite of okay. the Chucky's so far. But that's um, not that's not a, a horribly low bar. Okay, it's my least favorite Chucky movie so far too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes. Oh, oh, oh. It's it's it just feels like um. I was thinking, oh, what I was going to say was I was thinking a lot about your term anti-camp uh-huh. with oh, this. Yes. Because if we were saying loosely defining camp as um, pretending to do the thing, but actually, but doing the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think anti-camp was not wanting to be seen as pretending to do the thing. So you don't end up doing the thing, right? Or something yeah. like that, which is like, this movie is so... Curse of Chucky is so scared to be like silly right. or look goofy. It's like so serious that it isn't the thing anymore. It, it like now it's kind of trying too hard, like a Rob Zombie film. Yes, yes, yeah. It's just so dour that it doesn't honor what the story actually is it does, which is it a does killer not doll. know itself yes it's, it is not it is not acting itself it's it's putting on a pretense which the chucky movies for all their yeah. craziness haven't really done and that's the beauty of don mancini is he's mm-hmm. just himself this one does feel like him trying to be something a little different yeah, yeah. frankly a little more competent <laughs> i i mean i don't mean competent i mean like um Cogent or conventional, simpler, conventional. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I, I miss the unconventionality or something. Yeah, there were certain times where like story turns would happen that I'd just be like, oh, that's what every kind of movie does. Uh, And and by the end, when the Jennifer Tilly stuff started happening, I was like, this is the left right turn stuff that I really like. Yeah. If I had to guess, why it wasn't as cuckoo and fun i mean because i was thinking when i was watching this i was like the last chucky movie we watched matt yeah chucky and tiffany ran britney spears off the road <laughs> in the hollywood hills that's, so that's the level that's scary movie level of, of goofy yeah, yeah and so but it's also sort of epic like right. it was traveling across seas and to different cities multi-generational multi-generational like godfather part two <laughs> You saw Glenn's story against uh, Chucky's, uh, but um, <laughs> but uh, uh, I think it was hampered by the fact that they chose to make it this. It's a format uh, where we've grown accustomed to of the direct to DVD, direct to rental, or whatever. The only one of the series. Wow, uh, hampered by that's budget. So it's just, you know, a movie of five people in a house the whole time. Yeah. You know, I didn't hate the script altogether. Maybe the dialogue could have been more fun, like you're right. But the story and the script, I didn't mind. I think Me it too. was yeah. the execution. And also the the choice of doing this was by design because the backlash against Seed of Chucky, I, I guess, was pretty strong. So they felt they had to go fully the other way. I mean, this is really for your eyes only to Moonraker, you know, Moonraker into Four Your Eyes Only or Die Another Day into Casino Royale. I wrote this is the Four Your Eyes Only of uh, of the Chucky movie. Which is not a favorite Bond of mine, but again, that's all relative. Like, it's still fun to watch. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's also what is so fun when we watch uh, franchises uh, together is this kind of weird 
spine that they start taking that's yeah. almost like scoliosis where it's kind of like <laughs> it keeps like twisting trying to get right back on track but it's like no you're you're swerving too hard each time trying to get back onto the yeah you gotta have a valley to have a peak man. <laughs> so i'm thankful for curse of chucky i mean i did think like it was um even before they showed the footage from the first movie just the uh child's um just in in, in uh, oh the fun of watching a franchise is seeing how it's like reflecting whatever movies were popular yeah. at the time. So I was just like, wow, this has really gone from uh, remember Child's Play started with like mid cop chase, yes, and uh, this cop is trying to catch a crook, you know, and then it's like, oh, I'm watching a cop thriller right. movie from the 80s oh i'm surprised it's a killer doll movie this was like it came out i checked it came out the year after sinister and i feel like oh. it's fingerprints a lot of it the tone and sort of mood but like when they drug out that like old home movie yeah uh and we're watching it i was like this is sinister this is like i've never it, seen sinister oh okay he puts old movies and then he sees the scary guy in the Ooh. old movie and i'm like so when charles lee ray you know how you do when you go to a funeral you always bring a camera to record <laughs> and then and also by that who who's recording this oh you know <laughs> yeah who who was that i guess and then you know, you zoom in on the one person who shouldn't be there. I never, this never even crossed my mind that who the fuck is filming this funeral Maybe with a film camera. Maybe it was the director. <laughs> Maybe you're just supposed to think the crew of the Curse of Chucky is there. They like offered it up. They were like, here, we made this for you guys. <laughs> or no, uh, of Psycho Chucky or Chucky Goes Psycho. Oh my God. This was, that was made on the set of Chucky God Psycho. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's cover some business and then we'll get. Oh, into yes. It. Yes. Of First course. of all, uh, just just a little announcement. This is going to be a, a bit of a shorter episode this time because just for scheduling issues on both of our parts, it was unavoidable. And we wanted to get an episode out on Friday. We're doing this the day before and we just have to, you know, shorten it a little bit. Yeah, life brought us some unexpected things. And so uh, we, we did it. But, but if ever it worked out that there was a Chucky film that had to be a little shorter in its commentary, maybe it's Curse of Chucky. We were cursed. Yes. That is the curse. It was the curse of uh, us. But we promised to give you double the pleasure on this half size episode. Oh, yeah. And it, hey, uh, Matt, it is just my vow that we'll somehow beat the running time. Possibly. Oh, I bet we could do that. Okay. Let's make that the goal. I think that's the one hour know, the thirty-six rule we've minutes. Always upheld here. We yeah. always beat the running time of the movie we're talking yeah. about. And also, the commentary for the trustees coming out next week might be a day or a couple days late or something like that too. Believe us, we wouldn't be doing this if this wasn't unavoidable. We're not just being slack jawed idiots. Here. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. We will we'll get to it, and it will be delivered. And um, that's all that business except okay to say, i'll tell you guys i got rabies okay oh my a cujo God. bit me <laughs> well no i stuck my head into a bat cave and then some bats bit me and then they made me cujo and it's you go one of two ways you go batman or cujo and you went cujo <laughs> i'm sorry to say you could go batman or cujo so we'll make the business quick then 
You can go to patreon.com slash with Gorley and Rust and you can get those feature film commentaries. You can get mailbag episodes. You can get cozy brackets and tournaments. You can talk on the discord. And if you subscribe at the Xenomorph level, you get your name read on the podcast, like Brian Garcia, who just proposed to his girlfriend. So this goes out to Brian. It goes out to his girlfriend, Jessica Medina, and to his German shepherd dog, Ranger. He'd also like to shout it out as the Southern lawyer. Well, happy (laughs) birthday for getting married. Your marriage is going to be one years old. Zero years old. All right. <laughs> Grant Simmons is a xenomorph and a slow adopter, he says. Um, congratulations. And Etienne Luc, who also has a cat named Ripley. Oh, that's nice. Hey. Um, Sigourney Weaver had like a moment of transference with the with the cat of the set of Alien, where she's like, I'm going to name you my name, cat. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, if there was a vice versa with Ripley and the cat. From uh, Alien, and so Sigourney Weaver's, you know, running around trying to catch a ball of yarn. Yeah, and then a, a cat's on its hind legs, like uh, in Working Girl. <laughs> this opens up a whole world. What if it's a Freaky Friday with Ripley and the Alien? Oh my gosh! I mean, maybe that was the true genesis of Alien Resurrection. You're probably right. When they were like. Okay, we know we want to do some mixeroos between Ripley yeah. and the alien. And Jonesy and the alien. I am just so, I'll just say, I know this is in the alien podcast. I am just so shocked with as franchise nutty as people are and the legacied out people are that Sigourney Weaver hasn't been in an aliens movie in now 25 years. Wait, has it been that long? Since 1997. Isn't that wild? Well, she, and that's weird because she was in talks to do that yeah. Neil Blomkamp one. Yeah. Or the fact that they can't even somehow, well, it can't, it takes place in the past. I was just like, come up with some dumb reason, science fiction wise, why Ripley <laughs> would be around, you know? But well, speaking of that kind of thing, there were a couple things in this movie that I was pretty impressed with. And mm. that was. I want to talk about stuff I like too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Somehow bending over backwards to tie this into the first one and not only making part of this a little flashback prequel, but just how that led to that moment, because it is pretty brilliant to to take the first movie and go, Oh, it does just come in, in the middle of that action. So why not show the beginning of that action? That was real. That cool. was pretty clever. Yeah. I like that too. And, uh, when I, uh, when I saw him, I'd seen this before, but it was, the year it came out and it was at a Halloween party and I wasn't, you know, zeroed in on it. But uh, watching it now, I noticed he's wearing the jacket from the beginning of Child's before he starts getting chased. I was like, oh. is this going to go into the first oh, Child's Play so movie? Because of know. his like that um, late 80s kind of um, what's that jacket? The trench uh, coat? No, it's it's kind of like like members tweed. only. Oh, um, why didn't I notice? Um, the detective's assistant also kind of had something like that. Oh, That's like kind yes. of the like felty black, right? right. Like it's little yes. chim chims on it. I already knew this. This scene was going to happen because I'd read read Brantley's oh, notes. Before, By the way, yes. thank you to our researcher Brantley Palmer, who Brantley sends us Palmer these notes every time. Yes, thank you, Brantley. Um, yeah, that uh, that was definitely cool. I'm trying to think of any movies that have done that previously where. <sighs> It surprises you by running a sequel where it surprises you. Back to the Future? 
because they yeah. filled in blanks that you didn't know were there. Yeah, that's true. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Yes, this is a uh, <laughs> uh, Lion King one and a half. <laughs> um, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yes, uh, but but not like real dead. Oh my god! Oh, I gotta return some birthday presents because <laughs> they—if they hadn't been killed, they'd still be alive today. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, so that was cool. The um, something that I liked when you were saying like you liked the story and you were interested in that. I thought that was kind of like the best stuff. Like I was like, oh, we haven't seen in a child's play movie what felt freshest and newest was we hadn't seen really like um immediate family mm. characters yeah. like in the first one you have the mom and the son so you know it's parent child but like to have relationships that were husband wife father child mother child but more importantly sisters like i was like oh yeah. that's really cool yeah this is what's making it different is that they're centering it on a, a relationship the, story the between politics of a nanny, a nanny of an au pair i know i actually didn't see that twist coming and i liked that twist i was surprised by that twist yeah um and well uh the twist that she's uh secretly having an affair with her au pair yeah um when you they've been setting up that she's having an affair with the father the whole time the classic sort of right it it fits in in that i with the previous child's play i i feel like as the sequels go on they get more and more focused on a people's like kinks <laughs> i think so too yeah <laughs> possibly don mancini's kinks <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, my kink is seeing a Catholic priest head cut off. So, <laughs> what's go? Catholic? That guy looked like Thanos. Why? When? When? Have you ever known a Catholic priest to have just a kind of like skate punk chin beard? That was so strange to me. Yeah, that seems more like youth pastor than. Uh, but he's Catholic still like diocese 48. priest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'm saying yeah. having a cool right. goatee, and that guy didn't seem youth. Pastry, no. uh, uh, but yeah, and also, you know, I guess this also fits in with the franchise's um, uh, uh, gay perspective, right? Um, but there was something a little—I I don't care about—I don't get hung up on this stuff, and it's not even my uh. <sighs> frame of experience and reference to maybe be upset about this. But I did kind of go like, oh, the these movies seem pretty like open-minded of um where people fall on the spectrum. Yeah. And so I was just a little like, oh, the bitch sister is having is it seemed villainous. Yeah. Um, which I guess in a horror movie, I can't expect it to be like, they should have a beautiful <laughs> lesbian secret. Like it has to be kind of like tawdry, but just the fact that it was like, um, I don't know. Uh, maybe they seemed loving. Well, the, yeah. And the au pair seemed genuinely yes. pretty sweet and yeah. she really cared about the daughter. So 
Yeah, it wasn't and it didn't 100% like surface. I, I'm trying to figure out if it felt cheap, maybe. There was a I'm, little cheapness yeah. in there, for sure. I mean, the movie itself is plays with titillation just as much as it does social commentary. So, mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it is... I think that's why it's so good at being camp. Like you said, it it can travel in both lanes. Yeah. But in this movie, you're right. Sometimes that backfires and it travels in both the wrong lanes, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Where do you think it... I mean... For me, where it took itself most seriously is with Chucky. I mean, he doesn't talk for the longest time, and when he does, they're not the quips. No, I missed it, man. Also, he's got one, like full molded teeth. He doesn't have. Yeah, he's kind of got a gummy yeah. face. It was the first time. Yes, to that point, I hadn't thought about it until now. This was the first child's play movie where the technology I was it went down. It became like less interest. The technology of yeah. behind the scenes of how they're pulling off the effect. Right. It's kind of like, Oh, what is, I don't know when it's CGI. I don't know when it's a real thing. I don't know when somebody is like, it was kind of the fun of trying to figure out how they did stuff. Wasn't was there. And, as but much. I, I mean, regardless of whether it was practical or CGI, it just didn't look as good. Even the practical effects of it. There wasn't as much movement with the face. There yeah, wasn't as much right. personality. Again, I have to think that's like a budget thing, it right? Be, it's like yeah. those must be the most expensive parts is having like this kind of like servoed up like little Chucky robots. <laughs> can... So you'd think you got it made how many times? Just use the one from the last movie. Yeah, just put it all on the uh, screen. Well, you know, they needed to have one that didn't have... um stitches on his face but were covered that was the little okay incredulous into just the yes the story yes. mechanics I'm, when i say i like the story i like the the general story here but i'm still left baffled <laughs> by i know we talked about being a little baffled by what became of glenn yeah the doll i've since learned that glenn the doll went into their daughter and Chucky's soul went into their son. Is that right? At the, or is it vice at the end of Seed? Yes. <laughs> yes. See, here's the problem. And this is the problem with this movie. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to get a little negative. No, that's a, it's it's okay. not our favorite place to be. No, on this but, podcast, it's, uh, but you got to speak your truth. There's a certain amount of chaos going on in my house right now with a new child and a cat <laughs> trying to find their way into each other's lives. I will admit but I sat down after Glenn went to bed. My Glenn, not Chucky's Glenn. Although we have taken to calling her seat of Chucky. <laughs> uh, and I had full time. I was exhausted, but I had full time to watch this. And I still felt my mind drifting. Mm. And I did look at my phone. And I never mm. do that when we watch our movies. Because I mm. I want to take everything in. I want to talk about it. I'm genuinely interested. You're saying it's a, it was a flag of recognition of, it was a hey, fault of I'm the not, movie. I'm not invested in yeah, this. Yeah, and I'm not saying other people wouldn't like it. Just for me, I was so disinterested by a certain point of this movie. I think some of it, a lot of it had to do with the budget and... I know we've jokingly trashed on Canadian productions in here before, but I could tell that this was Canadian from the heart, from the from the jump. The very I'm sorry. jump. I don't know what it is. There was something about the cinematography that was so sci-fi network, sort of yeah. cheap. Again, that that the Canadian thing's a joke. I'm just talking yes, about yes, yes. we know that there's a certain Canadian industry look because it is cheap and i mean the sci-fi network and, thing is so perfect as a thing yeah it, yeah and it made it look so televisual instead mm-hmm. of cinematic that mm-hmm. i just and it just took a long time to get started plus the fun chucky wasn't there yeah. and i just was like i was 
bored. I mean, I think it, it's because a lot of it looks the same. You're sort of in mm-hmm. similar looking rooms the whole time. Yeah. And scenes sort of reoccur. Similar scenes can kind of like reoccur at different times. You're like, haven't we been here before? The other thing that I feel like kind of like, yeah, makes it feel a little draggy or whatever is also, I usually don't care about this shit, but I'm just like, what is Chucky doing here? Like, I, I know that they're what doing, it, doing to, there? it, it. They're they're doing it as a way to, I think, hold back this reveal that he was sent from the, who right. cares? I mean, or whatever, that's a legitimate thing. But, but because they're holding he's... off on that, they're not giving him a reason for why he's there and doing his thing, which is what really gets you invested from more and more and more. It escalates from Chucky one to five is how much you're aware of what, Chucky yeah. wants and needs in this moment. And so, I don't know, just kind of seeing him stalk around and eh, the girl's just kind of like Andrea Barclay instead of Andy Barclay. They're kind of doing the same hide the soul stuff and like whispering uh, to each other. And you're wondering, that. is Chucky really talking to her or is she? But it, it's like a half assed version of Child's Play one. Wait, is her name Andrea? No, 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 no. I know I seem so stupid right now, but I admit that my falling off of the series happened towards the end of Seed of Chucky, and that's why I wasn't following what was going on with Glenn and Glenda. Yeah. Now I I drifted off fairly solidly by the time they got to the backstory of this. And then when you get to the ending with Jennifer Tilly showing up, so does that mean that Glenn and Glenda are going to come back in it with Tiffany at some point, or that's I I do oh not know. Oh my where god, we are. I never I can't even I can't even fathom where we are. I at didn't this point. consider really what that Jennifer Tilly thing meant in terms of where is this falling on the is it sequel, reboot, whatever, because like I guess you know if he came, he was sent in the mail. You can go, I guess this is after Seed of Chucky, maybe. But, like, it almost feels more like a sequel to Child's Play 1. Like, yeah, he, he was in saying all this to say, your point then, when Jennifer Tilly shows up, it kind of then, like, uh, the arm kind of goes across the table, like, knocks everything over in terms of, like, oh, Okay, so we are in Seed of Chucky land. And, like, uh, do we need to do a window timeline for Chucky? I'm hoping it's Jennifer Tilly as Tiffany, just to make it as bonkers as possible. Like, at the end, she's actually the actress from Chucky Gone Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> well, Might I guess that's well. who was in Seed. Yeah. Might as well. Yeah. I think also maybe um, what was kind of happening here, too, um, you know, each child... I didn't even meet Child's Way, uh, but each Child's Way is different. I was going to say each franchise is like kind of different how they'll, um, how the poops come out. Like three quick turds, or is it a big long turd? And then a, tell it to my then, cat because this has been part of the problem. And then a, a long wait, and then two quick turds. <laughs> and that's not to say anything of the movies. I'm just talking about yeah. how something produces something. <laughs> but like, think about it. It's like 88. 90, 91, Child's Play Trilogy. Three great po- is, yeah. poops. Three great poops. You got yeah. them out. You were running to the door. You were yeah. running back home. You got in. You had three great child plays. Then you're sitting on the toilet for 
seven years. But it's worth it. But it's worth it. <laughs> because, wow, what a poop. But think about then, like, if you looked at a graph of how it goes, it's like Morse code where it's like, it's poop and Morse code, Matt. But it's like, beep, beep, beep. Yeah. Beep. 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 Like. Yes. <laughs> it's starting to flatline. It, it's getting longer between like. Yeah. Uh, um, poops. Yeah. Maybe shorter between one or two, th- uh, between four. This is 2013, and the last one was 2004. Yeah, so it's been nine years. So I think maybe those movies could kind of fly because they were being so quickly produced. They were on their own terms. Chucky's, we're doing these on Chucky's terms. <sighs> but this is like, hey, we're trying to get back in the action. So you have a line like somebody saying like, I love the 80s and stuff. Like, oh, you guys, you're Chucky. You don't have to. I know. I, I appreciate that we'll go seven films with one storyline. That's rare. And especially mm. these days. Mm-hmm. But I question whether it is actually worth it. Because especially with one of them going straight to DVD, uh, what, nine years after the last movie, mm-hmm. who's going to remember that and and want that follow through even though this movie tries to be kind of its own little thing it's still got bookends that connect it to what's going before and i'm assuming what's coming after it but no it's part of this piece of what we were seeing with all of those um remakes uh from what 2005 2004 with texas chainsaw massacre through and they were all kind of, you know, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and uh, yeah. they're just like grimy yeah. versions of the original. This felt like it was fitting into that, right? I know, and I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did without rebooting. I know it will, but... Yeah, because then the next one is 2019. Yeah, 18 or 19. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, when's Cult of Chucky? Um, I think 2019. So when's the, the it, I think, reboot? Yeah, let's check this out. Um, check this out. Check. Let's chuck this out. Uh, because, yeah, the you know, because we talked previously about how like, um, uh, you know, maybe when these movies, when horror movies get rushed, like they're sloppy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Child's Play might have benefited a little bit from. Yeah. Not taking long breaks. They get a little dust. Chucky gets a little dusty. It's like the Child's Play franchise benefits from big budget, but no time, as opposed to plenty of time and no budget in this case. Yes. Uh, Oh, Cult of Chucky is 2017. And then the reboot is um, 2019. Okay. Um, Yeah. Oh, just with the direct to. DVD rental, um, just in terms of uh, franchises and stuff. It's it's such a sad thing to see. It's kind of like I know seeing a buddy go through like a tough time. <laughs> it really is. It's just like yeah, like they they lose their job and their girl and their house or whatever. And it's but, like I know you're great, Chucky. You're just you gotta just get through this, and you're gonna make it out on the other side. I know it, buddy. But but did did this do well enough that they said let's put the next one in the theaters and continue on with this storyline? I don't know. I'm really asking. I don't know. But that's crazy to me that you could come survive 
direct to video and end up back in the theaters. That is true because uh, a lot of times it seems like with your Hellraisers and your Children's of the Corns, once you go uh, to rental, you never go bental back to. <laughs> once you go to rental. You never go mental. Yeah. Wait, you go mental because you, you can't get back in theaters. <laughs> but I want, read that um, Making Halloween or, or or what was that book about? Oh, yeah. Taking Shape. Taking Shape. Making Halloween. <laughs> Such hey, the dumb version of Taking Shape. Uh, uh, they were like somewhere around after Halloween 6 before H2O. Right. Halloween dangerously got close to going direct to rental. And, and you know, yet I'd still love to see those, god damn it, because if they're anything like part six, just give them to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to get a full, god damn. I mean, maybe to get a full appreciate, a movie to have the full appreciation of its franchise, everyone should have at least one direct to rental. I know, because Star it, Wars. Yes. <laughs> Uh, oh my god yeah uh yeah it's it's it's, um it bounced back though you're right i I wonder how often uh i think texas chainsaw did some bouncing back and forth between uh but no i'm saying is like i'm trying to stretch and figure out it seems rare that this ever happened um I could have easily seen, and maybe it will, like a direct to uh, DVD. I don't know what to call them, direct to market. <laughs> uh, uh, like diehards. Isn't that funny that that <sighs> yeah. feels like that should have <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that didn't happen. And also, whether it was Bruce Willis or not, like spun off yeah. to another character or something. I think um, Three Ninjas at high noon mountain or something like that it's a it's the sequel to three ninjas where they're at like a theme park okay uh was direct to rental but it came out this it came out on video the same day as titanic and so a lot of places were opening up at midnight so you could go to your grocery store that was selling titanic and like they had news footage of people waiting outside titanic's about to come out on video and they're they're gonna buy it uh, my friends and I we were like, we should go <laughs> to Man Three Ninjas and I do Mountain. <laughs> what? Get on the news. You don't have a copy of this? We're here for Three Ninjas on High New Mountain. What's Titanic? <laughs> what? Yeah, we don't even know that as a historical thing. <laughs> What's Titanic? <laughs> but we know the movie Three Ninjas at High New Mountain and we know the historical occurrence of Three Ninjas at High New Mountain. We're here to see it accurately represented. <laughs> oh God, I hope it's called Three ninjas at High Noon Mountain. <laughs> Did you see any of the? I I saw the first, but not no. the sequel. Um, Mega Mountain. Okay. Three ninjas. High noon at Mega Mountain. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. But no, it's not Three Ninjas Two. High noon at Mega. They just Three Ninjas. High noon at Mega Mountain. That is a. That's a mouthful. mouthful. Yeah. High noon at Mega Mouthful. <laughs> Jeez. If you ask me. Uh, uh, now, Matt, uh, um, what do you think? I guess, did you have a universal logo? Yes, and it was the one that ends with the lollipop guild and the candy man can. Oh, boom, the boom. lollipop guild, the candy man can. Mm-hmm. Boom, 
Is that what it, how it works? Yeah, there's no, it's either one of those, but it's a boom, boom, you know, yeah. And then it ends with a ba da da ba. Um, so all of these, I think even uh, Rogue Pictures is under Universal. So somehow all these uh, have stayed under the same banner. Yeah. So God, it's such a comfort getting to see the same logo before every movie of a franchise, I right? Know. It is. Um, now, I got my tip off with the credits as soon as it was like when the theme came on and it wasn't kind of like the fun yeah. amped up gothic music that we've been getting that's yeah. like guys this is a ride have fun yeah. it was this kind of like yeah quiet spooky it was like a um minor key version or whatever of the first original theme you would hear little bits mm. of the original child's play theme in there yeah you're right this ride this movie is not a ride when it should be it's more like a a bit of a errand <laughs> or something yes that is so funny instead of a ride at disneyland it's an errand to the pharmacy yes uh, well i don't know if this would actually make you feel better like going to the pharmacy would or it's uh, like we got to take a break in our disneyland day to go rent a locker and put our jackets away <laughs> if if the child's play franchise was a day at the theme park well because here let's look at it this way is this just automatically dumb to be so solemn can there be a elevated horror solemn version of a killer doll movie it kind of seems like those have to be sort of part ride have to yeah, be like part absolutely. fun otherwise you're just sort there's of a messing ceiling. up the there's a ceiling in and the first movie i think like uh, nightmare on elm street went to the top of its ceiling for believability in their first movie. Yes, good point. And they, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. larger ceiling for fun. Yeah. But once you go that ceiling for like realism or or kind yeah. of dr drama. I was going to say, it's, uh, uh, it's too verisimilitude. Much. Like yeah, the yeah. level of verisimilitude that the first movie establishes in a horror movie is kind of like what can sort of set the course for the next ones a little bit. Because Halloween, I think, like, is sort of hampered. The franchise is hampered by that. It has to keep being kind of like that sort of atmospheric gloom, yeah. which I love. Yeah. But it's just like uh, with this, yeah, the first Child's Play was the m most serious that they were going to take it up until this one. Yeah. And this opening scene is just like, uh, did Tennessee Williams write this? This is like Glass Menagerie. It's like the girl in the wheelchair oh, with know. the mom who's with her. <laughs> Literally the gentleman Double caller who it comes to the to door be. and like is like bum, 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 and the mom's like uh, 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 and she's like but mother and she's like no 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 it has to be <laughs> I guess I mean dumb man from the he's cultured he knows yeah. what he's doing okay yeah. well that's a mark in in the category of pluses for this uh, I don't know if this uh, if I mentioned this before but what I love about Tennessee Williams uh, truly I mean duh he's an amazing playwright but like I love that all of his titles. The main character could say, I'm just like, oh, and then say the menagerie. title. Yeah. A cat on a hot tin roof. <laughs> I'm just like a streetcar named Desire. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's so true. <laughs> I'm just like a. And the other thing that I like titles of that period that were like cool. Yeah. One would be like, the title is the metaphor for the person, but also a title that would be like, the sound and the fury, uh -huh. something that's like grapes of wrath, where it's like, well, you know, 
you're familiar with the grapes of wrath are stored in the battle hymn of the Republic, uh, but we're just going to pull that. Like now I feel like titles are, you see, you, you see what you see is what you get. Yeah. It's kind of the thing. Like, yeah. And it's fine. I love that stuff. Like a title like bridesmaids is an amazing title. Uh, but like, I'm looking at your no time to die pass and it's like bond movies are kind of like really still, the last yeah. vestige of like poetic yeah thematic title as yeah. opposed to literal yeah i mean maybe those transformers movies near the end started having like dawn of the crescent butt yeah. <laughs> you know like <laughs> yeah i know those that when things became rise of an age of and mm. yeah but no you're right the transformers ones did start getting to the point where I'm almost like, should I check back in with this franchise? Because that's a crazy title. But one of maybe the most depressing experiences in a multiplex for me was that first Transformers oh, movie. Yeah. Because I felt like not only was I not getting this movie, I wasn't getting where movies were going or had yeah. gone. I was like, People are getting, if this is compelling to see action where you don't know where anybody's standing <laughs> in, in proximity to each other. Right. Oh, I'm so bummed out. I love yeah. proximity. <laughs> I love knowing proximity to people. Oh, in, in man. Scenes. I love visual geography. <laughs> oh, you, well, you heard me. You probably heard when opening weekend of Transformers, somebody started screaming, where am I? Where's my giant geography? <laughs> Where am I as a viewer? Um, I mean, I know I'm right here, <laughs> but where are they? Do you, so when I saw Chucky and he didn't have those scars, it did kind of make me think, is this after a curse of, do you think that was the idea of hiding the scars is sort of like keeping a mystery of where this was falling with the franchise or... I don't know. And who because. covers those scars? Does Chucky cover them when they put him in the... With actual makeup. Yeah. I'd love to imagine Chucky in a car before a job interview, <laughs> like with the rear view mirror down, just being like... <laughs> okay. See that? Show me that. That's oh. some That's some Bride of Chucky <laughs> stuff there. Show me Chucky... I don't know how the women wear this stuff. <laughs> This movie could have just been redeemed by just one scene of Chucky jacking off and laughing <laughs> while he comes. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah. But he's riding the wheelchair while doing it. Down the stairs. <laughs> it's the only way I get and get off! Also, the, the the wheelchair thing is the... Um, that was like all the imagery in the posters and the markers. Oh, really? like Chucky sitting in a big metal wheelchair. It oh, sort of really? looked like saw-like... It looked like mm, of one of Jigsaw's contraptions, and Chucky is right. now like, is Chucky on Jigsaw's terms now? Fuck. In terms of, um, also it seemed like Chucky was a little bit more. Um, I mean, they brought the voodoo stuff back, which I thought was interesting. I was like, oh, if you didn't like the voodoo, yeah. bringing it back pretty hard at the. But the uh, um, it seemed more like Chucky was more like demonic satany in this one like with yeah. the the priest getting killed um and uh uh which you know as a lapsed catholic matt i loved yeah um yeah i am um, what did you think of that um uh uh, uh 
that kill. The 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 kills are pretty good in yeah. this movie. I mean, they they didn't pull any punches. We're talking. That seems like an omen, like a kill from the omen or something. Yeah. Like a, a Catholic priest whose head is cut off, and you could go like, "Well, it was because he was in a car accident, right? It was it." Yeah, I know. There's still plausible deniability. Yeah, because this movie's a slow start and a slow burn. Do you mean a slow burn when you're watching people slowly <laughs> eat food? How long was that scene? And, but what? What? Who got the poison? Uh. So why did he die in the car? Is that because he kind of like passed out because of the poison? It must be. It was so weird because also there was the red herring of the daughter getting the poison. That's why it's weird that we don't know what Chucky's up to. Because it's like, yeah, w- why is Chucky getting the priest first? Right. Like what? what's Chucky's angle on getting the priest out of here? If it's because Chucky is the devil and he doesn't want any priest being around a yeah fix things you know i get like that but yeah i don't know um but yeah because it was sort of like right you were trying to figure out who what the poison was right well because they make it an issue where they have is it five or six because it looks like the like cylinder of a revolver like you're playing russian roulette and the camera's rotating and Mm. you don't it's almost like the shell game like which one has this poison in it. Yeah. And they take a moment to close in on one with, you can see the powdery poison in yes. it. And then by the time you get to the table, you can't see the poison. I get it. You're not supposed to. Who's uh-huh. going to get it? Oh my gosh. But then we never really find out. <laughs> it's really strange. I know. Uh, and then, yeah. I mean, maybe it's a funny joke that you're like wondering about the poison and then it just ends up with a priest getting, having a ghastly death. I guess. Um, speaking of ghastly deaths, Could I take a ghastly pee? You sure can. Okay, thanks. We'll be right back. With Corley and Rust. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. With Oh, Matt, I just wanted to say. Yes. Uh, the poison that he put in the uh, the soup there. Yeah. Uh, it really reminded me of the poison from 9 to 5. I was just going to say that too. <laughs> Skinny and sweet is the sugar. And then what's the poison? Um, it's not Ritter Slimy rat. sewers. Is it Ritter rat or... <laughs> I forget. 
Oh, uh, uh, if Chucky had only used that, that would have been a nice little, um, uh, you know, uh, something I realized we hadn't talked about was, uh, Fiona Dorif. Yes. Brad Dorif's daughter. Yeah. She's good. Yeah. It's not just a nepotism here. No. In fact, I think Brad Dorif did ask, according to Brantley's notes that Mm -hmm. she auditioned, but for another role, possibly the up hair, I can't remember, but they liked her and put her in the lead there. Yeah, um, really great. And the, uh, yeah, I thought all the acting and stuff, like nothing was like atrocious. It, no, it felt nothing, like people are yeah. all committed to making yeah. this. Um, but the something that did feel kind of like, if you're trying to figure out, is this like a reboot or a sequel? What are they doing here? Like, they were kind of doing those rebooty touches of like references, like, Oh, the elevator from the first, like that mm-hmm. kind of like uh, big, yeah. uh, what are those called? The uh, cage elevators. They just exist in thrillers. Yeah, uh, I know. Um, but also like the, and, and I don't mean just repeating it. It's kind of like coming at things differently. So like in the first one, it was the nanny has a sequence mm-hmm. moving around the apartment and the scene it's, an au pair. Yeah. Um, and instead of it being a boy with Andy, it's a gr- like, I feel like in some ways choices are kind of made of like, how are we going to either repeat things from the first or um, not like right. dismiss Subver- things. Subvert. Yeah. Subvert. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, we didn't get ever a moment of like, Ooh, they're gonna get it. Like a real, like where somebody goes like, well, this is oh. the ugliest fucking doll oh, yeah, in the world. And then they punch we? it three times. And you're like, <laughs> oh, you know how you do with dolls. <laughs> um, now. Uh, okay. So then we get the revelation of the, of the affair. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, and then the sisters, um, they're clashing kind of over the will and testament. Because yeah. you know, Matt, print media is dead. Uh. <laughs> That's what the sister's dealing with. Print media is dead. Her husband's job, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. want to sell the house. Uh, yeah, I, that part lost me too. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it did feel just like, like it's like a plot from like a Tennessee Williams play. It's like two sisters. Yeah. Mom died and who's going to get the house? This, the thing, oh, but there's a Chucky around. I'm doing this other lawyer. <laughs> do it. Please do. Take it. It's yours. <laughs> I'll do mid, uh, like Missouri, Southern lawyer. <laughs> what I did when I drifted from this movie was yeah. read Brantley's notes mm-hmm. and also the IMDb trivia. So I, mm, do tell. I, I didn't read the IMDb. No, I, it wasn't anything other than to confirm that it was most certainly shot in Canada. <laughs> I noticed that if you looked a lot of times through the windows, there was like a Tim Hortons. Uh, <laughs> that Toronto tower. Or a statue of John Candy. You could see the window. <laughs> uh, you know, the, I spent like three months in Canada once and I loved it. I, I've always loved going to Canada. That's oh, the best. And I like loved it because I would see men in their uh, older men much older than me 
And I'm talking guys, guys, you know, yeah. big dudes, burly, yeah. look tough. The kind of guys that when I was a kid, my f- dad's friends would be like, oh, right. Oh, scary. And then you talk to them and they're like, I like guns. And you're like, huh. yeah. what was so cool about the Canadian man's bad? They're burly and strong, but they're like, oh, they got to get some gun control I down and it's going crazy down there. Yeah. You're like, oh. They're very sweet. Well, but it's also like uh, they're still holding on to the liberal principles of a union, and, yeah. and you know what I mean. It's right. like, that hasn't been like the work. They're the working class tr- yeah. liberal yeah. like is exists there, and it's right. very comfortable. The old school Democrat, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the yeah the mid century Democrat as opposed to the like antebellum Democrat, but the you know the twentieth twentieth yeah. century Democrat. I mean, my uh, dad's parents were mid-century democrats um catholic who were like oh no you vote if you're catholic you vote democratic mm. and then when kennedy came along i mean it was a no yeah. bra- no brainer so Ooh! to speak <laughs> oswald how'd you pull that off in dallas ah oh, it was a no brainer I don't like it. What are you thinking about that? I don't know. Get him off the stage. Am I doing Statler and Waldorf? I'm trying. <laughs> He's funny. That's good. Uh, if you think about Statler and Warnoff, probably have the best position to assassinate. They well, are the John, John Wilkes Booth. Booth. Yeah. Or what they'd get assassinated, or one would assassinate the other and then jump down on the stage and break his. Oh, I don't think one head. would ever hurt the no. other of Statler. Uh, but, and. You know, John Wilkes Booth went the night before, knew where the big laugh line was. Yeah. And then, so the next night he could use that laugh line as a time to like maneuver without being noticed. Right. Um, But, you know, not all our audiences are the same, Matt. That's true. So like, you know, even in movies, I can see Ted twice, might get a bigger laugh the first time, (laughs) second time, maybe not, especially if they saw it in the commercials. (laughs) So I like just that John Wilkes Booth being like... With kind of a colder audience. Yeah. They're not laughing as much. So he stands up like what he thinks is his laugh line. is like, Mr. President? They're like, oh. Uh, and then a new laugh that wasn't there the night before is really big. And he's like, oh, I should have gone. Oh, I missed it. <laughs> and then he tries to make the big laughs like, ha, 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 ha. Uh. <laughs> he's just drawing attention to himself. Why is John? that man clapping with a pistol in his hand? Wait a minute. Is that... Uh, 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 actor with famous with actor? famous vengeful actor John Wilkes Booth, soon to be vengeful Edwin, son to Julius Junus. Um, what is the equivalent of that? Is that like um Stephen Baldwin killing Bill Clinton? <laughs> oh well, no, because I think the Booths were more respected. So good question. More respected than the Baldwins. <laughs> No, oh, you do have a good point. Okay, yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so no, it would be like okay, Hemsworth. No, here it is. Killing Trump. It's Rance Howard, Ron Howard, and Clint Howard. (laughs) And Clint Howard kills Reagan. I don't know. I think it would be Clinton, probably. But it would be a Clinton Howard assassinates Bill Clinton, and it would be like a movie, maybe. Or no, it'd be at Rent. 
And he knew at the end of six million seven thousand two two one <laughs> the minutes, biggest applause. That's when the big applause comes. Oh my god! Actually, I would imagine it has to come after. Um, I'm going. Ah. Tonight, oh, do you know that song? Yeah, um, I do not like Rent. I do not either. And you know, when I was growing up, all I wanted was to be seen as a, a good little boy, yeah, who made people feel happy. Um, so when we took a senior trip to go see Rent in Omaha, mm. I should have kept my little opinions to myself because I'm not. Why would I want to hurt the heart of our theater mm. director who I loved, who was taking us all to see Rent? Right. I didn't care. The whole ride back from Red, I was like, that sucked. Uh, I hate it for this. They, guys, don't you, doesn't this piss you off? They're taking the alternative music we love and Broadway eyes. Uh, like, so, uh, oh, wow, you're so ahead of your time. I would have never occurred to it, me. It bothered me that I was hearing like Green Day yeah, chords. Right. And be sung with that oh, Broadway oh, punk. Oh. The punk Broadway oh, voice is so it's, annoying it's to me. It's really, that's like new country. And new smooth jazz. I love old 60s cool jazz, you know, Paul Desmond, yeah. old classic country I just love. And then the newer versions of them are so grating to me, but they're they're the same You're right. thing on paper. That's what's crazy. That's what's crazy about it's it. The but the difference, mm-hmm. it's just, there's something in, yeah, whoa. Now, I, I will say that, um, uh, like, what's... Uh, awesome about uh my wife leslie is like um she loves what she loves and so there's like um times like uh 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 good golly what we were just talking about what was the thing that uh rent rent like um leslie grew up like Long Island punk rock, going to punk rock mm. shows at the Knights of Columbus on Friday nights oh, and stuff. Wow. But Rent comes along and she's like, well, this music's awesome too. Yeah. So I like that. Like I get too fussy with oh, my like, listen, I love punk rock should not be on Broadway for her. Like who has much more ethos to punk rock than I ever did. Like she's like, who cares? It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's cool. You'll it's a, it's a nice quality of my wife. That's what I'm saying. Matt. Yeah. There's a couple things I want to touch back on with sure. this, this brothers thing. Cause I think also you've got the Bridges family mm. of Lloyd Bridges, Jeff Bridges, Edwin Booth. Cause Edwin and, and, Brunus, I believe, were they were they had nothing to do with it and they didn't want anything to do with it and disowned John, right? For John, yeah. So, Bo Bridges, would he pull? It's really, there's no father in this figure. It's really Dennis Quaid and Randy Quaid, who is who. Edwin oh, and, that's perfect. But there's no Papa there's Quaid no Papa as Quaid. an actor. I mean, maybe there is, but I don't know of one. Um, well, it's funny because I think in the late 70s, people were. There, Papa Quaid's all over the place. Oh, it's Papa Quaid's like crazy. You want Papa Quaid? But that is the best. Um, right, also, one one person gets yeah. one brother gets radicalized. Then there's also the Judds. So you've got Naomi Judd, Ashley, Ashley, and Winona. Um, you have a uh, Lord Beatty, Shirley, Shirley MacLaine, and oh. their father, Sir John Gilgood. I don't know. <laughs> They all have different names, I guess. Um, Who are the other? Oh, 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 buddy! What? I got it. What? Well, you already had it, but Martin Sheen, oh. Charlie Sheen, you oh. Yes, Charlie Sheen kills. Of Bill course. 
But that maybe gets a little mixy because Charlie Sheen is the better actor. And he's maybe the best of all three. And maybe that wasn't the case with John Wilkes Booth. It's tough. I think Charlie Sheen is the best actor of those three, Matt. Really? He's a, yeah. definitely a very right. gifted comic actor. Yeah, that's he, true. Charlie Sheen breaks me up, man. He makes me laugh really hard. I don't like Two and a Half Men because the I don't like Two and a Half Men because the writing is so mean. Yeah, but in those Hot Shots movies, he he's the best next to Leslie Nielsen at like mm. that level of how much you have to commit to make it funny and not too hard to make it not right. funny. But um, but I wouldn't want Leslie Nielsen to kill a president, and I don't want Charlie Sheen to no. kill a president. There's also the Carradine brothers. <laughs> I can't. I can't let this go oh, for some reason. Well, that movie, yeah. um, the Long Riders, yes, with all the brothers. Yeah, they cast all the brothers, so that that's a good. So it's Christopher <laughs> Guest and his brother, uh, who's in Christmas Vacation. Uh, what's his name? I forget. Christopher Guest is in that movie too. So it's the Carradine brothers, <laughs> the Quaid brothers, right? Uh, or am I uh-huh. thinking? Yeah. Uh-huh. Not the Bridges brothers. Maybe it is not the, the not brothers. the Baker boys, not the, the fabulous, fabulous? Ba- Baker boys. Christopher Guest and right now I'm oh. feeling like the Bridges is kind of the best comparison, Matt, because Lloyd and Jeff are on one echelon. Now, can I tell it allegedly Keach brothers? I'll I'll just put the word allegedly over this whole story, Matt. Okay, okay. but I had a friend who worked at a restaurant for Bo Bridges would allegedly come with like a little beautiful like music stand to place like on the tabletop to put magazines so he can be eating which is fine it's eccentric i love it i love it too now this is where if you thought that was eccentric (laughs) this is where the turd happens okay okay, matt that wasn't the weird part (laughs) okay he breaks out a little music stand puts it on his thing puts periodicals and reads magazines while he eats <laughs> the magazine hardcore pornography oh no <laughs> okay then it has to be the bridges <laughs> john wilkes booth would do that yeah he'd sit around <laughs> stand looking at uh oh my god i feel so scared i hope bo bridges isn't bo litigious <laughs> sue me here uh, like I said, it's all allegedly. Hell, heck, let's just say it's urban myth. Oh, I hope, and not. I hope it doesn't get you know repeated as and become you know print the legend. Um, oh my god! Okay, let me give you some of the brothers in this. Yes, Stacy and James Keach, Keach, David, Robert, and Keith Carradine, hmm? Dennis and Randy Quaid, hmm? and Christopher and Nicholas Guest. Nicholas Guest, who was he in? Uh, you said he was in. He's a- in Christmas Vacation. He's Julia Louis Dreyfus's preppy husband in oh. Across the Street. Hey, or- that could fit into our Yuppies in Distress I know, movie. Is the the neighbors of Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did think of. Uh, um, I watched Problem Child uh, last week. Ooh, that's on on theme. Uh, yeah, and it was cracking me up because isn't Chucky but a problem child? Yeah. Um, and there was some stuff that was legit made me uh, uh, laugh, but I, never, um, I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, I um, Maybe. I don't expect you to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was also thinking, like, why was I bringing up uh, 
<laughs> Problem child. Um, Christmas vacation. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. You know, the yuppies in distress thing. Yeah. Problem Child, uh, uh, Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski, uh-huh. the amazing screenwriters, their first script that was produced was Problem Child. And that is, a they said it's a spoof on these movies that were happening around the time that were comedies that Yuppie learns to care because oh. he has a kid. Uh, baby Boom, uh. Three Minute a Baby, Immediate Family. It's like, oh, and I was like, not that we'd ever watch those, but it's interesting to think that like when all those yuppies nightmare movies, yuppies in distress movies that we're going to watch yeah, on the comedy end, yeah. it was like yuppies, their lives are getting d- upended, yeah, but not by like a crazy landlord who wants to kill them, but like the baby that somebody dropped off of their doorstep. It's so funny that all the yuppies were making films at this time and they just wanted to write about themselves. <laughs> the, I mean, it's the, the me generation, right? Yeah. So they're like, and you can, Grafta, I mean, like 1991, Billy Crystal and Robin Williams each do movies about, I'm putting work ahead of family too much with like City Slickers and Hook. They are like joined together. And if you just go, okay, Boomer's born in 48, 1991, they're 33 or 43. They now have kids who are old enough that they feel bad that they neglected them. Yes. <laughs> now they got to make, <laughs> they got to devote 60 days on a movie set to make a movie about how they're Not ignoring their with families. their kids. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I always wondered how those, the children of the filmmakers and actors who go and see their movies about like, I'm putting work ahead of family and I got to put family out of work. It's like, yeah, Dad, when you were making that movie, yeah. I didn't see you. Uh, you missed my uh, graduation. But, uh. I bet that's right. That's crazy. <laughs> so it's like that horrible trait someone has of being able to diagnose their problem, but oblivious to doing anything about it. Yes, or or the way they see that. Not or. And it's like a, they get close enough to the truth of like, I know I'm putting yeah. work in. I got to figure this out. But then, yeah, it's or what they, you said. They, just diagnosing it or labeling it or, or calling it out is enough to like assuage their guilt. Mm. And then they just don't do anything about it. Yeah. I feel like in my 20s, that was a lesson I sort of had to learn with people, um, male and female, just people. Yeah. Like, because somebody presents themselves as hey, I'm being authentic in my shittiness. So you can... Yeah. Everything's cool because yeah. I'm letting you know I'm a yeah. snake. Is yeah. it... It make, has no, a momentary it, feeling of like safety. Oh, but it's one of my least favorite traits, to be honest. It's such a... It's such a cowardice. You knew I was a shit when you met me. Kinda. I'd rather you just lie and say you're not that. <laughs> because yeah. it's worse that you know and you don't want to do anything about it. They actually, hmm. that's when you become culpable. Yeah. It's one thing if you don't know you're an asshole, but if you know you're an asshole, yeah. you don't do anything about it. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, when you were talking about uh, um, just how uh, the original Child's Play movie, just how it like, looked and it was a city just like budget stuff when we were talking about that um i've been listening to the uh, video archives oh, yeah. podcast it's amazing um uh, roger avery and quentin tarantino's new podcast mm-hmm. they talk about movies and they just talk about this you know 
forgettable movie. Last week they talked about, or this week, uh, The Relic, that mm. Penelope Ann Miller movie. Oh, yeah. It's something they hit on that uh, I'm just bringing up because it really stayed with me when I was watching Curse of Chucky was there's, I guess, a part in The Relic where they, they have a big gala opening at the museum and they just like take uh, Tarantino and Rodri, they take time to just go like, this isn't happening anymore where a big studio movie gives you a filmmaker enough money to shoot at nighttime on film with lots of extras for a horror movie Uh. where like a studio goes, this is our slate. We're going to do two action movies, Uh romantic comedy, three horror movies. We're going to do a drama. And you just have this kind of full buffet of, of films where they get the glossy movie treatment. And that, was really kind of depressing me when I was watching Curse of Chucky was like, Hmm. I feel like this elevated horror movement is amazing, but it feels like a little bit of people accepting, oh, I can't do nighttime shots on film anymore with gloss. So I'm going to accept the limitations and kind of do slow burn all in one house for a weekend movie. Yeah. And I do really miss it. It's like, God, that was a really cool time with yeah. the relic, where it's just like a studio would spend like $50 million for this kind of like alien ripoff. Is that good, that movie at all? They loved it. They were just <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> my version of that was a stigmata, where I just went to oh. see, oh, a studio is doing a big high gloss devil horror movie and I was so disappointed really? by Stigmata. What about The Seventh Seal? Do you remember that? The Demi Moore? I love The yeah, Seventh Seal. Is that a Yuppies in Peril movie? I think so because it's kind of like a, I mean Ghost is too. Yeah. The other Demi Moore movie. I loved The Seventh Seal. I did too. I remember. I haven't seen it in years. but When my sister uh, and I watched it, she rented it and I was like, this is so cool. I'm so glad I know it's actually a movie that I think makes young people feel kind of smart, like understand a a full on thriller with layers, but ultimately probably is we'd watch it now and kind of, yeah, well, exactly. You're saying exactly what it was, which was like, it was like an adaptation of cool Bible stories where it's like, I know the seven signs of the end of the world. So now they're doing like a comic book adaptation of the Bible. (laughs) See, I didn't even know any of that stuff. I learned it from that movie. Oh, well, Matt, you know what? I might've learned it from the seventh side as well. Uh, um, so, oh, oh, well, okay. So, um, you know what I really loved about these, um, uh, Child's Play movies is we talked about how the Don Mancini as a writer had like was closer to childhood experiences than he was to adult experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like that kind of went away, those sort of moments where you can kind of go like, Oh, I remember when I was a kid, like doing that, and now they're playing on that. Um the best scene in the movie, I thought, was where they did something like that, where the girl pulled the cover and it's a little like the sixth sense does something like this, but when she puts the blanket over her and Chucky, that was scary, really scary. It checked off all the boxes, really scary. Reminded me of something I did when I was a kid. It's tapping something that's like so ancient in you as a child. Yeah. And then they use that as the moment to, for him to kind of finally reveal that he was Chucky. I was like, that's cool. That was the moment where, yeah, I really liked that moment. That, yeah. that was the highlight maybe spooky. Yeah. The highlight for me, 
Um, or was the highlight um, when she went to the website Google? Oh, I'm sorry. Internet, Internet search. search. Oh, I, I flagged that too. Because what was, remember there was one in Halloween or something like that? Yeah, I can't remember what it yes. is. Uh, I mean, I guess Internet search is also just the old library microfilm trope. <laughs> yeah. That's all it was. was just yeah. like that. Zoom in on a. Yeah. Oh, the zooming in on something thing is so funny now to me when um, <laughs> I watch Blade Runner. And he's like, L6. Oh, yeah. Zoom in on L6. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny? I mean, I love it, but it's just so funny anytime now. Like when my daughter wants to see more of a photo. She just puts her fingertip and thumb on there, yeah. just look, makes it bigger. It's like, know. oh yeah, I guess that could also work. <laughs> you don't have to be decorated in your apartment, yelling at a machine, a letter and a number grid. Um, L six, sorry, M six. <laughs> no, that's not M five. Uh, L five. That's it. Uh, and then the mom and au pair were kind of doing some like internet zooming hook like what was video that? chat yeah i did like the moment where she's like oh the daughter she's awake she's I know. moving around you and that was actually chucky i thought yeah. that was cool that moment's good it's so funny the way this out pair dies uh yeah i mean maybe chucky's best line <laughs> but after she died was like women can't live with them yeah period i know <laughs> um do you think that was a tip of the hat to tiffany it's kind of like Chucky's stating why oh, Tiffany isn't around. Women can't maybe. live with them. That's why T- Tiffany's not in this movie, guys. Yeah, maybe. Um, did you you like that death? The electrocution? Well, I don't know. It it's, it was a very 2000 to 2010 death where it's like yeah. CGI. Right. And they make it really kind of dark so you can't yeah, see yeah. too much of how shitty it is. Yeah. It... it <laughs> It wasn't what I expected. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Just a floor plug, water. Uh, I'm trying to think. It was sort of Final Destination-y. Yeah, it had yeah. that feeling. And just why would you get electrocuted and only one of your eyes would fry? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I couldn't get out of my head. Maybe that's like a reveal that she actually has a glass eye. <laughs> So, and then the other lady gets stabbed in one eye, right? Is it? Yeah, I couldn't tell if they are they doing some kind of Chucky eye thing because a new thing I re, I noticed with Chucky is that his eyes dilated in yeah. a cool way. So maybe eyes are a theme. Once Matt, again, these movies these movies often leave me with more questions than answers, <laughs> but I don't always hate it. Well, you know, David Venture uh, Matt says movies. They have no responsibility to answer. Yeah. To, their only responsibility is to ask questions. Well, they've done that. Uh, and it's funny. Um, when I first heard that, I was like, okay, whatever. But now it is such a comfort when I watch a piece of art and I go, well, they didn't give me the answers. I go, hey, doesn't have to. Yeah. It just has to make me question. Yeah. And what? Do, then do you believe that? Do you feel good about giving your own answers and then that's enough for you? It comes down to how much I sensed wisdom from the filmmaker same yeah i can't that only works for me it works for me on a kubrick level Mm -hmm. i believe he knows but i'm watching damon lindelof yeah or you know nothing you know what i think or jj abrams and Mm -hmm. i'm just like no they don't know so i can sense that lack of confidence in the storytelling Mm -hmm. and it angers me yeah you know what i think it is no but it's whether you believe the small truth 
delightful moments. Like Scorsese, Kubrick, they can kind of leave me hanging because they gave me so many moments of like, I felt that before. I've seen this before. I know what that moment is. So they're telling you, they're kind of telegraphing you like, I got the secret code here. I know what's up. So at the end of the movie, if I left you a little like wondering, that was the point with Damon Lindelof. It's like, at no point when I'm watching Prometheus do I see, but with Lost, I did. I saw so many human moments in Lost, and that mm. helped me through the mysteries a lot mm. of times. It was just, but um, yeah, with this one, I'm trying to think of like how much. I guess the sisters' relationship was something I could kind of real. Yeah, I guess, <laughs> but they both yes, they both had eye stuff. Uh, um. When he, it's almost a Greek tragedy where like Oedipus pokes his eyes out for what he's witnessed, and yeah, the au pair Chucky is gouging out their eyes for having witnessed his little legs. (laughs) (laughs) He does reveal himself at the top of the stairs to the mom. Uh, I was like, that he's finally alive. I was like, that has to be really fun for Chucky when he decides he's going to finally reveal the people. Yeah. I mean, that'd be the fun. I remember in like college, there'd be some times where I'd be like, a night would hit a lull where I'd be like, I don't think my friends like me. I don't, I think they're, I'm annoying to them. And I, I, for a moment I'd go, if I could fly right now, I feel like that would kind of fix everything. (laughs) Like if in this moment I revealed I flew. They'd be like, oh, you weren't annoyed over dinner. You fly. But I was like, if I had that power, I'd probably use it immediately. I wouldn't wait for a time things were awkward with my friends in college. I would have pulled that out like first grade as soon as I could. Such an extrapolated thing that I can't believe you don't just wish to not be annoying or to not think you're annoying. That's what's annoying about me. (laughs) The other version of that, Matt, is... One time I was walking home from school, fifth or sixth grade. And this is around the time that I, I'm like going through puberty. Uh, you know, I was interested to remember having feelings for girls when I was like four or five. But now it's like, yeah. oh, sex it's sounds physical. interesting. Yeah. I think I'd want to have sex. But my religion is telling me if I have sex before I get married, I could go to hell. So how am I going to figure this out? Right. I remember trying to like figure out ways loopholes loopholes <gasps> in like fifth or sixth grade so when the situation arises the poop hole is a loophole <laughs> i've never heard that i just just came to me <gasps> Matt, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> i'm sure that someone said that oh before. boy i don't think so uh uh i was like i guess i'm like walking home from school this is part of the story is like i'm walking home from school and i was like i guess if like a car pulled up right now the side of the street and a man was inside the car with a beautiful woman and he pointed a gun at me and he said get in here and i went in and i can't i gotta go in because he's pointing a gun at me this is amazing and then when i was at the this back of the amazing. car it's this man with a gun and me with like this beautiful woman and he's holding a gun at me going you must have sex with her and i was like i guess god would forgive me if two adults abducted me and forced me into a sexual situation. And I was like, 
at the time I didn't realize how twisted that is. But years later, I was like, huh. I had a very normal, human, healthy, sexual impulse as a child. Yes. And the way that I let myself get away from it because I was told to feel it was wrong was, I hope I get kidnapped and assaulted. Yes, this <laughs> is, I, I know we're joking around, but this is why I truly loathed and still do religion because the the mental gymnastics you'll do, you will put yourself in harm's way in a fantasy to make sense of normal, natural yeah. feelings. And that's what religion does. That's crazy. And I mean, I think... Not you're not crazy. No, no, no. No, no. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I think probably that's very all organized religions probably to some extent do that. But I got to say, the Catholic Church in particular yeah. puts a certain emphasis and so on the idea evangelical of... Evangelical Christianity too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a certain emphasis on to feel it is to do it. The feeling is the can be just as problem, or oh. whether that's in the um, doctrine that's given to us. But that's sort of the veiled message you get is kind of like the feelings you have are crude, and so that's where I got most mixed up. Honestly, I was a sensitive kid yeah. who like would get angry, and then I'd be like, "Ah, oh, fuck." Yeah. Can't be angry. Bad, 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 bad. And anger is bad. Anger is bad. Harder and harder. It just yeah. folds in on itself. But now, do you find yourself? Uh, this is maybe a personal question. With a fetish for like, <laughs> I'm also picturing for some reason they pull over in a limousine and he's in a tux and she's in a gown. Maybe I'm thinking of Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. Yes. <laughs> it's funny when I did see Boogie Nights. I was kind of like, oh, this <laughs> reminds me of that weird thought I had in fifth grade. Or you just ever like role playing with Leslie? Like, would you ever want to bring in a guy with a gun and uh, <laughs> and drive from the five blocks from my school to my house in, in Iowa? And I'm going to be wearing short pants and a ball cap turned sideways and. Look, don't ask too many questions. You know what? It's so funny. I should have, I think, some Catholic uh, uh, fetish thing yeah. that's going on in me, but I don't. But I did think how uh, there was something in this one that was some suggested something about the sexual pleasure um, that Chucky got. Oh, she he can't kill she's like so you never killed andy huh got completion anxiety oh yeah and i know in most movies in these movies they're constantly trying to find a way to make the connection between killers repressed sexuality yeah. is what's causing the killing right. but this one it was like the first time i was like oh they're yeah. really hitting the nail on the head that uh yeah because Chucky can't fucky. <laughs> Charles Then people can't are Charles. unlucky. <laughs> uh, but I guess that's also why they say sometimes people just kill in life, right? They're frustrated that they I think that's can't pretty common. Can't do it for killers. Um uh, Matt, do you suffer from completion anxiety? I'm kidding. That's, uh, that's that is not why I kill people, but I understand it. I kill people for different reasons. <laughs> and I respect and uh, honor anybody's. Um, now, when the dad does that little, puts the point of view cam, um, uh, it, I liked that it became like a little, 
like the point of view shots yeah. from the first movie. That was clever. Yeah. Yeah. It had, there's some nice little ideas in here. I like the, um, when Chucky's head got removed and he was kind of like this headless Chucky. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the last, I did feel like in the last 15, 20 minutes, I took comfort in that it was, felt really back to old, um, slasher territory um like oh it's just her versus this doll in this house um the uh well brantley's notes mentioned that i believe according to these notes don mancini put her in a wheelchair because people were always saying to him like why is Chucky a threat? If you're a full grown person, oh. you can just kick Chucky away so easily. And he wanted a little bit more of a yeah. level playing ground, I guess. That's good. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's funny cause they, a lot of times put people in cars and stuff too, to try to keep yeah, them from, right. Um, the, uh, uh, well, I was just thinking that, uh, um, Halloween kills kind of does the thing a little bit of recreating the footage to fit into the first. Yeah. Um, you mean with this new stuff with Brad Dorf wearing yeah, a wig? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like the Lewis footage in Halloween kills. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they should have just got Fiona to play young Brad Dorf. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they do look alike. Um, and yeah, I guess the, the backstory is, uh, these, these are the daughters of the original Charles Lee Ray. Right. And now he wants vengeance on his daughters because their mom effed with him or he, he wanted he, to put he, his soul he, into the kids. Right. That's why well, he had he those kills the mom. Yes. Um, and then, but he also, what did he do back in the day? He, Who's dying at the funeral? The 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 dad. Yeah. And then she's the mom's pregnant with the main girl. Yes. And he, and he stabs her and that's how she ends up in a wheelchair. Yes, he caused her uh her being in a wheelchair right. because yes. Yes, yes, okay. yes. Now, is all of that worth the kind of confusion for the first 75 minutes. Of no. Why and why wasn't here? this the first thing he did when he got out of, when he was Chucky? Those are my favorite questions to ask with the slasher at, at the end when you realize that person was at really only after one person. Yeah. It's like, why was Michael messing around with <laughs> Bob <laughs> or Paul? Uh, or uh, the whole, yeah. Uh, yeah. Boy. Especially when you take in the runes, <laughs> <laughs> what purpose did killing Amy serve for the the room? Yeah, because he. Oh, forget it. <laughs> um, I did think like that final fight. I was like, wow, we've really come far from part two, which just had that huge, spectacularly uh, spectacular factory and three two with the the, the carnival. carnival. These yeah. kind of like almost Bond level like set 
and right. set pieces when this was just kind of like close-ups of little bites and hands and stuff it, d- <laughs> it felt didn't feel as epic second unit chucky bites um and then these tiffany reveals there's three of them matt let me count them for you wait what tiffany first is revealed in the back seat she yeah. kind of does this like or or should i say not reveal stings like they could have ended with her being in the back seat yes goes to credits okay then after the heard the back seat they could have some weird shot of like a bag being opened and her looking inside it okay then the bag closes i'm like okay that's the sting they just needed that little final yeah. moment of her looking then she's at a post office trying to send chucky and i'm like okay now they're explaining that why he got in the full was sent initially i maybe oh whoa okay was this another like uh, flashback? Are you watching into... the the <gasps> so other Matt, cut that Brantley talked about? Yeah, okay. okay. This is what happened. I rented Rated R on iTunes. It said Rated R. Then when I pressed play, it said Curse of Chucky parentheses unrated. Okay. So so I got in my version, she cuts the throat of the guy in the car. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That happened to me too. I didn't know what the differences were. So when you see her mailing it, that's a that's a flashback to her mailing them to the family. Or, I, or I hate she... this because people might be really upset that I like I wasn't paying attention or something. But no, I that, I is, was really this trying. This is what I was trying to express that I I was trying to it's not figure it clear. out. I was yeah. like, is this happening before? Are they trying to explain how he got in the post office? This is the scene before he got mailed, or is this? Or she's getting mailed somewhere else now. (laughs) He's just Chucky of the Month Club. And then you think that's the last thing. But then there's another one. I didn't see this. Where it ends. Okay. I. And I don't think I saw the the post office. Mm, See, then after the post office, it goes to a girl, the girl, the little girl. Yeah. And he whispers to her. Or he says to her, do you want to play hide the soul? And oh, so you're like, I did see that. It's all starting all over again. But it was also kind of like, isn't that where we were at the beginning of Cult of Chucky? Him wanting to play hide the soul with a kid. How is this any different than what we saw? Uh, but uh, uh, then uh, I liked the moment before the ending because it recalled the Remember the first one ends with like the open door. It pauses on Andy, like looking through the door. Yeah. This one, it like pans over to an open door. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's a little reference to the first. And then they did that insane thing. Maybe this wasn't in your version. We're like, <laughs> in a way that a body could never be in that space. Just this head pops up from the bottom of a woman in like a black Christmas style, like body bag, like plastic covering. And she goes, She's just like, like in one of those YouTube videos where a head just pops oh, up. Oh yeah, and but it's Chucky, you. right? It, Chucky in the thing. That's Chucky in there. In the in the in the bag Isn't that it? pops up. You're probably right. I looked at it and it didn't look like Chucky to me. God damn it! That was. I'm just saying that was a 
That ending was a yeah, fiasco. I know. I was just <laughs> exhausted and bored and scatterbrained. And admittedly, part of it is my fault. But the part of what I'm saying is part of this is the movie's fault. They could have done all of this and then it worked if they had just made it a little bit more fun. They were just yeah. too scared. Yeah. Of um I get it. They were suffering the Freddy thing where Freddy got too funny. Still be so yourself, they have to bring, Chucky. Know thyself. Know thyself. To thy own self be Chucky. Yeah. Um, oh, and I was so happy that it did end. I kind of like that it ended with the title, like the curse of Chucky at the end is like the big, I get the, unda, unda, <laughs> like, yes, that is the title, the curse. All right, let's. Uh, What's your best kill? Um, hmm, I thought a lot about this. I'm going to go with the priest, the beheading of the priest. Okay. Because um, I also like that it was like a twist on, we've seen a lot of Chucky making people have car accidents. I like that we didn't, probably for budget reasons, didn't see the car actually make impact. It kind of showed it yeah. after collision and yeah. then the unexpectedness of a body falling apart. But the the, the guy was like... <laughs> He's my sponsor. <laughs> like such that a funny, funny detail. I mean, it's a what we've loved about Dan yes, Don Mancini is this aristocrat true. style of telling a story. Yeah, where <laughs> the cop who comes to see the priest knows the priest and is also knows that he's sober because they're both sober because the priest is his sponsor. <laughs> Perfect. That's my favorite type of child's play. How does the dad die the 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 husband of the sister yeah he dies by uh uh i can't remember oh an axe to his face that's right oh yeah he gets this whole like jaw yeah oh yeah that was pretty gruesome Mm -hmm. i guess i'll go with that um okay and and uh let's recap our scores oh i also like that chucky um uh um Uh, ate those keys so they couldn't get away. <laughs> oh, but I did think, um, you know, when they remove the scars yeah. and they like, oh, this is an old toy. Yeah. It made me think of um, if somebody bought a Robin Hood Prince of Thieves toy and was playing with oh, Friar Tuck. The Gamorian Guard or yeah. the Gamorian Guard. And yeah. then they rubbed away like the Friar Tuck <laughs> clothes and was like, wait a minute, this is a Gamorian Guard? <laughs> Uh, Child's Play we both gave a 10 Part 2 I gave it a 9 You gave it an 8.5 3 You gave it an 8 I gave it a 10 Bride of Chucky I gave a 12 You gave a 9 Seed of Chucky We both gave 6s Curse of Chucky What do you want to give it? God I really miss those Halcyon days of fun With Seed of Chucky I gotta say now that I think about it too but we didn't know what we had there. We didn't know. We didn't know that was gone. Uh, five and a half. I'll give it a four. It really was. A I like how you me. got a full spectrum. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't this interesting, Matt? Remember before we started the Chucky movies, you were like, I don't know about these Chucky movies. Then you love the Chucky movies. Yeah. And then it kind of comes with a left hook here. This was the Chucky I was afraid of. And I don't but mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the Chucky movie I was. Afraid of. I have to say, 
that has been nice with this franchise is that these movies don't really scare me, don't really gross me out, don't creep me out. But like, I thought like when we watch those Final Destination movies, as much as I love them so much, they're stressful to watch. Really, they I, make me really anxious I don't think in I've a great seen way. A one, but it's been nice with the Child's Play movies. I'm like, I just I'll sit down. Don't really ever have yeah. to get too. But the down. downside of that is this movie where it's just you don't have boring any, yeah. and you, kind of tedious. Yeah, You don't have that emotional connection. To, I'm looking forward to those Final Destination movies because I've never seen a one. You know, I was thinking there's five of them. And I was trying to think what other franchises are five. Because if we ever did ten oh. movies, could you just do five and five? Yeah. And the only one other one I thought of, which I'd be really excited to do at some point, are the the five uh, Psycho movies, parts one oh, through four wow. in the remake. Oh, wow. And then with the Final Destinations, the others, one, two, three, four, five. The other yeah. thing that I thought about Final Destination movies, Matt, is that I've lamented sometimes, like, oh, I've never loved a horror franchise as the movies were coming out, so uh -huh. that each year I was like, oh, there's going to yeah. be a new... That's not the case with Final Destination. That's the one time I got the real... I guess with Scream and stuff and these Halloweens, but not really. That was the first time that I'm like, ooh, yeah. I'm excited to... I've only had that with Halloween back in the four, five, six run. God, yeah, yeah. buddy. That must have been a real thrill. It was. Well, I listened to the Halloween 4 commentary on the drive over here, Matt. You did? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's on YouTube, so I listened to it. Someone put ours on YouTube? No. Oh, no. The, oh. Uh, Daniel Harris's. Uh, oh, and, and the, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my They're God. They're so comforting. Oh, I love that. the drive here. And I love uh, listening to commentaries. So oh, it was, it was that's great. great. Got me in the mood. Uh, the Pasadena is Halloween country. Yeah, I don't really know if is. you know this, Matt, yeah. but it oh, is. It's, it's so Haddonfield. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, so the next one is... Cult of Cult, Chucky. Which we are a part of. I mean, doing a whole podcast series based on these movies. We, we're a part of the Cult of Chucky. Are you at all worried that Cult of Chucky is going to be as tedious as curse mm. i mean it does seem to tease that jennifer tilly's in it so automatically that's a win yeah and suggest that it might be a little uh more have a little more frivolity yeah it's a question now a little bit the choice that a sequel makes and when it does something like this does it go now double down um, now we were hey that wasn't just a a lark we're this is the grim child's play or does it go too dark, but we make Chucky just a little funnier. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. And it's the last Dorif, right? Um, is uh, does he do the voice in the new series? I know he doesn't do it in the reboot. Uh, oh, maybe he does do it in the series. Yeah. But yeah, Mark Hamill in the reboot. Yeah. Which to me feels a little like Jackie Earl Haley replacing Robert England. It's like it is similar it, actor, aged it's actors. Very much that way. Yeah, and. It doesn't, the other comparison is like similar age actors. So you're not really like doing a James Bond, like youth in it up to have a new Freddy to, but also it don't fucking matter. Freddy's under layers of makeup yeah. and a voice is coming out right. of a doll. Let's just keep the same. Both I mean, Mark Hamill and Jackie Earl Haley, 70s heartthrobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They only do it because, uh, uh, I think to be able to say this is a different yeah, child's play. This definitely. is different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, hey, Dorif is Chucky as far as... I don't know, There's your t-shirt. <laughs> Poople is the loophole. And Dorif is Chucky. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. For more Gorley and Rust content, 
Head over to patreon.com slash with Royley and Rust to get episodes ad-free and a whole week early. Plus, monthly mailbag episodes and feature-length watch-along film commentaries of your favorite horror classics. That's patreon.com slash with and Rust. Email us at withgorleyandrust at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future mailbag episode. With Gorley and Rust theme song by me, Matt Gorley, and performed by Townland. You can find us on Instagram as Townland Band, as well as Paul's fantastic band at Don't Stop or We'll Die. And why not rate and review with Gorley and Rust on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show and keep us trucking through the Jasons and the Michaels, the Leatherfaces and the Chuckies, the Aliens and the Candymans. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.